right, all right. So we're here with another episode of Young Black Suburban with Caitlin Files of Files Law Firm. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, first, um, we're gonna start out this episode uh, with an agreed upon. Uh, <laughs> Got mine. As professionals do. Um, when I started my podcast, I had three different uh, kind of influences. Um, one of them was Gary V, who is, you know, a business person. You either love him or hate him. Uh, the second influence was Joe Rogan. And the third influence was a podcast called Drink Champs. Um, which where they interview different artists, different people from pop culture, and they actually get wasted. No, but <laughs> but we're not going to get wasted, but we're going to enjoy wine. The other thing is a lot of people don't realize that um, we shoot three of these in one day. Um, and you're the last person uh, of the day. So you're already tuned up. So no, I'm not tuned up. This is my first drink on the show. Um, but it's the last episode and I need it. So, so Caitlin Files, can you tell people um, about you, I guess, a little bit? Um, let's start out with where you went to school. All right. So I grew up in Bucks County, um, Washington Crossing, which even like a lot of Bucks people don't even know where that is because it's so tiny. But it's basically where like Newtown, Yardley, and New Hope meet. And it's like a really tiny little town on the river. Um, I went to St. Andrew's grade school. And then I went on to Villa Joe, which is a tiny all-girls school in Holland, PA. Right. Shout out Kate Merway. What was it, Merway? <laughs> it's Kate Merway. <laughs> yeah, Kate Merway. She actually uh, has done numerous uh, news articles on uh, Witherspoon Boxing. Um, and she's supposedly a big shot over there at your old uh, alma mater. She is. And she runs like the Alumni Association now. And she's just, she loves Villa Joe and all things Villa. She's been a really good support to me since I opened my firm. But she's right. great. She's a very, very nice person. She is. Um, so you're in high school and all that. Um, we all know that, you know, you own your own law firm now. But mm -hmm. back in high school, um, did you have other aspirations of, uh, you know, being something else with your life? Yes, completely different. I mean, if any of my high school friends, you ask them, I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I had no business aspirations whatsoever. Um, toyed with the idea of being a teacher, um, but that's about it. I just right. wanted to be a mom, um, but that completely shifted when I went to college. Well, I understand wanting to be a mom, um, but for someone who I've talked to a couple of times here, we're, we're doing business together now. Um, that seems so far distance, distant <laughs> from the person that I know who uh, is ambitious and someone who wants to go out and get things done. Um, yeah. where, where was that transition in life where you thought like, look, I just got to go hustle? Well, I think, I mean, when we grow up in Bucks County, um, a lot of the moms are stay-at-home moms. My mom is a stay-at-home mom. Right. Um, so you don't see a lot of female business owners, at least when my generation was growing up. I remember on career day, everyone who came in to talk to us was a guy. I mean, right. sometimes you had a woman, but mainly just men were coming in. So 
once you, once I kind of broke the bubble and went out to Notre Dame and your eyes are open to everything you could do and be, and it's, right. it's kind of like a game changer. Right. Um, so so yeah. you, you were always going to go to college, um, yeah. but you were going to go to college to come home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you make the decision that, you know, you're going to become a lawyer right off the bat or did you go? Nope. All right. <laughs> that was another journey. Um, okay. Well, this is for, you know, people to get to know you. Um, you yeah. just opened up, uh, when, when, when did you open up? June? June, June 2020. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, a lot of people want to find out more about your law firm and, and who you are personally. So we need to know that hard journey uh, in between college or high school and becoming a lawyer. Yeah. So, well, I went to Notre Dame. Um, I was going to do business and then I didn't have any liking of that. Um, mm -hmm. So I picked English and I was going to be a teacher and I did their teaching program um, at their sister school, which is St. Mary's across the street um, for probably like two years. And then I just realized that it's not the career I want. I love working with kids but right. I didn't want to make it my career. I just, I felt like I couldn't, it wasn't just, it just wasn't suited for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just happened to go to a talk one day with a friend about um, working in nonprofit for mm -hmm. the legal field, which I didn't know what lawyers did. I don't have any lawyers in the family. Um, it was a very foreign concept to me and I loved it. I loved the talk. So I took the LSAT and <laughs> applied to law school and went to law school. Right. And uh, the rest is history um, after that. But you don't just become like a lawyer. Like I've had doctors on here where it's like there's subsets of categories. Um, and you've chosen uh, a very, uh, it's not unique, but um, it's very specific. And you've chosen uh, which part, which field? Workers' compensation. Work workman's compensation. I'm glad that you said it because I would have... <laughs> butchered that all and you know I always like give people their titles and it's always something that's not like I'd be like you're in uh like a plastic surgeon they'll be like no I deliver babies like <laughs> so <laughs> I want to make sure you say what made you go into workman's comp uh so I tried I initially went to law school to be in the nonprofit sector and I mm -hmm. interned somewhere the summer um after my first year and i just didn't really like it um again i like the idea behind it but the actual day-to-day -day, i didn't like um so right. i then thought i would go big law and do corporate law um and i hated that <laughs> and work comp i found a firm that was kind of a mix it you know provided kind of like the big law aspect but you're helping people i represent right. good workers um so I just really liked the firm that I found and I stayed there and I fell in love with the law and um, helping help. It's really about just like helping people with right. my clients I have who are hurt at work. So it's really, I really lucked out just being yeah. able to find something I well, love. Well, let's talk about um, like the people that you represent. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, you, you see people uh, that are in pretty bad shape when they, when they come to visit you. Yeah. I mean, by the time you call a lawyer, it's 
pretty much lowest point you're going to be at because you need to call someone. No one wants to pay a lawyer. Um, mm -hmm. So you have, it's that where you're, it's so bad, you have to get help. Right. So when people come to me, either their benefits are getting turned off. They haven't received anything. They are literally broken from whatever accident happened to them. And the insurance company isn't getting them any medical help. Um, so I see people for the first time at the lowest of their low. Um, mm -hmm. And they're just, it's hard workers. I mean, a lot of the people that come to see me are people who have literally put their bodies on the line day right. in and day out working. So I have a lot of hard workers who I have to represent and help them to get through the work comp system. Right. Now, I know it can't always be uh, sunshine and butterflies. Um, <laughs> one thing that just crossed my mind as you were explaining um, what kind of people you represent do you ever come across the kind of person that seems like they're just trying to game the system uh, and they want you to play along with it? So I would say, so I worked at a really high volume firm. We had, I handled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of workers' compensation cases. Um, and I've only been practicing for six or seven years and just, it was a ton of cases. There was one of all of the hundreds where I did not feel good about it. That's hard to believe out of hundreds of, <laughs> cases there was only one fake slip and fall there was only one <laughs> where basically they had surveillance and we couldn't see where the injury happened and I was like this doesn't make me feel good but it happened at the end of the case at that point we're so deep into it that you kind of just have to wait for a decision but most of the time and I again I can't speak for every case but what you see is a legitimate injury, mm -hmm. but then it just might be a prolonged time they're out of work. Right. Um, so normally the actual injury itself is legitimate. I mean, it's really rare to see that the injury didn't happen. Right. Um, I mean, cause we live in a country right now where, uh, you know, <laughs> suing people is kind of like the thing to do. Um, when you travel to other places, it's kind of like, oh, you're from America. You might sue me <laughs> if, I, if something goes wrong. Um, and, you know, we talked about it in our initial uh, meeting when we were deciding on doing business together about um, the feeling that people get from lawyers and how, um, you know, it's not really a good uh, feeling. And you just explained, too, it's like people are at their worst when they have to get a lawyer. They don't want to pay for it. Um, but also the feeling that you get after, uh, you're done with the lawyer. Sometimes that's not good as well. Um, uh, to, can you tell me your experiences as being a lawyer and why you want to be the type of lawyer you are? Um, yeah. So I think the hardest thing with being a lawyer is that you can't, well, at least in my field, cause mine's litigation. So I don't know what a judge is going to do. You can't guarantee anything. Um, and it's really hard for me when my clients, I mean, they're trying to put, put food on the table and I don't know if we're going to win the case at the end of the day. Right. Um, a lot of factors come into it. It's not just where you hurt at work. A lot of factors come into a case and what's going on with it. Um, and I think it's, it's hard to deal with people's expectations of the lawyer. Um, there's only so much we can do. And there's a lot of red tape around what mm -hmm. you can and cannot say to your client. Um, yeah. But I, it, it does seem that the legal field has gone away from actually helping your clients and being there for your clients and at least giving them a satisfied experience yeah. um, of dealing with you and turn more into just a money-making Yeah, because I'm going to be honest with you. 
I don't like lawyers. It's my personal experience. It's not that I don't like lawyers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't like the ones that have represented me. Some of them, uh, obviously not workman's comp, it's different situations. Um, but there's been some that I felt like have been uh, shady, kind of not caring just about the money, um, win or lose, um, because lawyers get paid whether they win or lose. Some do. I don't know. No, um, they, they say only yeah, some. Do. Some it, some do. In my situations, um, uh, <laughs> I've I've walked away from situations feeling like uh, I've lost uh, more than just the case. Um, okay, yeah. you know, and, and I think that that's something that you're trying to stop people from feeling. I am, and our field, and by our, I mean workers' compensation lawyers and personal injury lawyers. We don't get paid unless we win. So that's another aspect that's easier for people who do get hurt at work. You don't come into my office wondering how you're going to pay me because mm -hmm. if I lose the case for you, I don't get paid either. So right. that sounds like that. a lot of pressure on you. It is. Um, I mean, this is how we pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> we got to win the case. Right. So does that factor into what cases you do take and what cases you don't? Yeah. Um, so depending, bigger firms are able to take more cases because they can afford um, to work up cases that are going to be harder or drain on mm -hmm. the resources. Um, I try to tell people up front in that initial consultation, this is what's wrong with your case. And this is why I'm not going to take it. Because I don't want people to go down this long road of litigation just to lose in the end because a right. lawyer thinks they might get a couple thousand dollars out of it or something right. like that. Um, so I try to be pretty upfront with people from the start, letting them know what's going on and what's wrong. And if I would take their case or not, if I don't take a case, I do try to send them on to someone who might take their case. So right. at least someone is getting some help, but if it's, if it's going to be a sticky situation, I try to weed those out from the beginning. Right. And that's like, I don't know. You're, you're the reason why I was like going to have you on the podcast is not because you're a lawyer is because Did you like me so much. Uh, yeah, that as well. But <laughs> we're going to you're, you're, you're going after it, you know, um, kind of in a fearless way. And you don't meet uh, and it has nothing to do with uh, gender or anything like that. I don't want to say you don't meet many women like that. You don't meet many people like that um, that are just like, hey, I want this. I'm going to go get it. Um, and that's the way that we ended up doing business. You ended up in our DMs. Uh, I did. I slid right in. And, and you <laughs> said, hey, look, can I sponsor this? And I'm like, all right, you know, um, let's do it. And then you showed good faith. You know, you did everything that you said that you were going to do. We did everything that we said we were going to do. And eventually I started sitting back. And I started noticing, man, she's here. She's there. She's everywhere. Um getting it done and only being open in June. Where does that drive come from? I mean, I played sports growing up. My dad coached me in basketball. I have a brother who's a year older than me that just used to, I mean, pick on me all the time. So like right. I had to play back, but right. I think it's just that like my parents, I, I, they deserve all the credit. I mean, they raised me to be basically who I am and, you know, they pushed me and told, they are the ones who told me to open my own business that I could do it. And I think it's, having that support and getting great. I mean, my dad pushed me in basketball. You know, we did AAU, we traveled everywhere um, right. to just compete. So I think it's that, that 
they didn't really put up barriers for me. It was just like, go do it. If you want to do it, just hustle and go do it. Right. Um, and you're in a very male dominated field um, oh yes. where there's not many, uh, you know, females doing what you're doing. Um, how, how do you handle that? It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's been, I was just talking to a friend about this. We were on a walk yesterday um, and it's insane how much sexism there still is blatantly just yeah. in firms, in courtrooms, like it, it's crazy. Um, so we're trying, I'm actually trying to get the females who are in workers' compensation in Philadelphia area, defense or plaintiff side, it doesn't matter who you represent, but to kind of create a support system for each other and address these things. I right. mean, it's time we start calling things out and addressing yeah. it. What are, what are some, you have a platform right now. Um, what, is something <laughs> that, what is something that sticks out? Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, there's like daily things where it's like, amazing where when at like my old firm or in an organization where not just me but any female might come up with an idea just like talking about it and mm -hmm. then amazingly when the you know male counterpart brings it up in the meeting it's amazing and it's you know all his credit and yeah there's been times in the courtroom <laughs> I mean I'm wearing the courtroom we're in an open courtroom right and right. I will have been like, I remember one time I was walking back from talking to the judge with my case mm -hmm. and can I curse on here? I was about to say yeah, Oh yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on but, CBS or anything. <laughs> a guy I was walking next to reached out with his folder and slapped my ass. And I was like, wow. oh my God, are you kidding me? And like everyone acknowledged that it had happened, but right. like, was kind of laughing about it. Wow. Another time a guy told me he wanted to bite my calves in the middle of the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't think about like things like that happening in like a professional setting. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, women have to go through things like that all the time. Yeah. Um, now you're somebody who just goes right past it, I see it seems. Um, and now you're trying to just be out there full steam in your community, uh, do charity work and, and, and you know, bring things together. Um, why do you have that aspect? A lot of people that make a lot of money, I'm not saying that you make a lot of money, uh, but- <laughs> I just opened him over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't wanna say that you're making a lot of money. I don't like counting other people's money. Let's just say it that way. Um, they don't have to give back um, they don't have to think about, you know, uh, public, the public as much. Why do you? I just, I just always growing up. I mean, that was just part of me. I don't know. I, again, I think it just goes back to my parents. They're very generous people and they don't take credit for anything. They just want things to be better for other people. Right. They know that they have it. They have what they need, that they are very well off. They recognize that and know that they can help others. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of what I've seen over the years is a lot of people writing checks without yeah. actually doing the work. And I don't think the writing, the checks are important, but I don't think that's actually what is going to bring about change. And I think we actually need to get our hands dirty and yeah. go change some things. Definitely. And it takes a, a different kind of person to want to do that, especially when you have, um, 
that you don't have the necessity to do it. Um, so you're out here, you're helping. Oh, first of all, let's talk about your business during the pandemic before we talk about helping other people's businesses during the pandemic, because that's what you're doing. Um, how has uh, the pandemic affected? Uh, I know it's helped me out. I don't have to go to court uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> the courts are closed. Um, but how has it affected your your uh, situation? I It's been a curse and a blessing. The blessing is that I had to start lean. I had to start virtual. So I don't have any overhead. I don't have staff. And I had to get creative about things because I just don't have the money that all of these other firms have right. to keep chugging through. So it's been a blessing that I've been able to create a firm that doesn't just eat up cash. Right. The first is that, you know, millions of people are out of work and I represent injured workers. So if people aren't working, they're not getting hurt. Right. They're exactly. not calling me. Um, I think the comp field is down like 60% right now. So I've yeah. seen a lot of those firms taking big hits. Um, it, it's weird because, well, it's not weird. I, I use that phrase a lot, but it, it, it makes you think because you're self-employed, you know, in a way. You know, you're you're and you're relying on people that aren't self-employed to employ you, yeah. and that cycle seems like a hard one to be trapped in. Um, yeah. But you have you have vision. Um, what you know are the steps that you're taking so that you can survive through these times? So it's really not expensive to open a law firm. I mean, you need a computer, right? <laughs> and right, then you right, have right. like you know, there's software and insurance liability and whatnot, but after that, you know, if you're a solo attorney, you don't really need to do stuff except try to get clients in the door. So mm -hmm. marketing is really the expense. Right. Um, so right now, what I'm trying to do is how I found you is a lot of organic, just kind of like grassroots marketing, trying to get to know my community. I'm oh. from, like from Bucks, but I was in Philly the last 10 years. Right, so right, right. I'm trying to just meet more people. And it's hard in COVID because right. you cannot, you're not allowed right. to. Well, look at our interview right now. I know we're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're doing it. That's the future. And the people that are surviving are the people that are doing things like this, um, you know, getting on Zoom interviews and, and you're a living testament to somebody that if you really want to get out there, you can do it mm -hmm. within a month. You know, me and you were doing a public podcast together. Yeah. Um, like and it's, two something, weeks, it's been like two weeks two weeks something like that I don't know I don't it, things happen fast but um you, you're doing exactly what you need to do but you're also in the meantime helping other people out um you know with us uh I feel like me I, I appreciate everything that you've done so far um but we we're gonna make it anyway um, well, I just got that fighter in me. Um, it's us joining forces mm -hmm. and helping out other people um, that I think is going to be uh, where the world really benefits. Um, do you have any like aspirations or anything bigger than you right now <laughs> um, in their community? Because look, I know you want to be in Bristol Barrow. <laughs> and that's a good thing I to say. Borough. I want to be there. Yeah, I know you want to be in Bristol Borough, but beyond that, you know, what what is your ultimate goal with all this? I mean, I've seen a vision since before I decided to open the firm. I knew I had to know what I want. 
And I don't want a big firm. I want a well-established community law firm. I want to be. Hi, it's Tim Witherspoon from Witherspoon Boxing and Fitness. And when it comes to boxing gloves, there's only one brand that we trust. That's Ace Spare the Champions. They have the best gloves. They can also custom make them to the design that you like. What we like about Ace most of all is that you can brand your own glove. You can put your own logo on, your own company. You can buy them in bulk. You can also buy just what you need. So if you need a premium glove, one that'll last, one that will get you through those hard sparring sessions, contact Ace Spare the Champions today. The lawyer and Bucks that people know who I am and that they can call me, even if it's not workers comp, you can call me. I will try to help you through your issue and then get you into the hands of a lawyer who I would go to right. so that you are going. A lot of people call and they're like, I have no idea what type of lawyer I need. And that's right. fine. Now, a lot of attorneys won't even give that person a call back. And so they're just going through Google searches, trying to find someone. So I want to build a firm that is for the community and we right. are here to help our neighbors. Right. Um, yeah. Also, you're part of a couple of nonprofits that do really great work. Um, you mentioned one in Chester. I can't remember the name. If you could drop, it's drop the right, that name. It's the right legacy, but it's not, it's Delco. Um, it's not. Okay. Chester, yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Um, and, and what is that? What, what do they do? So that was inspired. Um, I worked with a guy at my old firm and 2020 has really woken a lot of us up and realized that we need to do better. Um, mm -hmm. So he has taken the initiative. He said he got sick of arguing with people on Facebook and wanted to put his time somewhere better. So he created a um, nonprofit called The Right Legacy. And what it is, it's focusing, we have teachers, we have um, lawyers and we have young people. So we have some kids in law school and some kids in high school or college. And we are all working together to create a program where we go into classrooms in Delaware County um, to teach kids, not only about the law, but of different types of thing you can do with a legal degree right. and to show them how they can get there, that it's right. doable for them to become a judge or a lawyer, um, not all because someone doesn't look like you, which is pretty right. much the legal field is dominated with white men, right. um, doesn't mean you can't do it. So we're right. really right. focusing on making sure kids understand that right. it's, it's an option. And I think that that's why me and you align so well with what we want to do with the community, because uh, everything that I do um, in my gym is to be an example uh, to let these other kids know that they can do the same thing that I'm doing or probably a hundred percent better. Uh, I barely could email you the zoom <laughs> just now. I was concerned. I was wondering if I was able to get it. I barely, you know, it, we got, you know, two laptops, a couple of things around here, like <laughs> give me a break, two different kinds. You know, I'm not a Mac guy, <laughs> but yeah, like that's what it's about though. Like yeah. me being an African-American male, I can see it. You know, there's, uh, I'm the only black owned business in my building and there's like uh, 50 businesses in here or whatever. You know, there's two of us on the whole block. <laughs> so yeah. we need people that are our age, uh, people that are like-minded to show kids, um, look, this black guy did it. You can do it. 
um, we need black kids to see this white guy is cool. He did it. <laughs> I want to be like him too. You know, we have a lot of um, a lot of people keeping in their cultures and keeping in their. Uh, I always get lost for words when I'm, <laughs> I'm always talking before my thoughts are together. But uh, we have a lot to share with each other, um, and and unfortunately cultures don't cross that much but I really think that that's what's needed um I would have never thought that I could be a lawyer um you know that's not something that crosses my radar of something to be um you know for most African-American kids uh you're either going to be a rapper or uh an athlete uh I've been both of those (laughs) (laughs) I've been I didn't know you were a rapper. Uh, well, we'll, yeah, well, we'll we'll talk about that in a, another time. I'm years removed, um, but uh, the point I'm trying to make is um, we're going to be doing things together where we're going to be showing these children uh, that very same example. Um, I don't have a name for it yet. It's kind of the Witherspoon Foundation right now. Um, where I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard, uh, you know, to get things done and and, and make sure that uh, these kids can get not only uh, if they need legal help uh, or if they want to be uh, interested into the legal field that we give them a free gym membership. You know, I bring up my professional uh, boxing friends and they get to see them and bring in other professionals in your field and and other fields and, and, and give them experience that they might not get, you know, in these towns like in Delco and, and you know, and, and even, even towns where you don't realize that these kids um, need a little bit extra help in Bristol Borough where you inspire to be. I, had the councilman on uh he's going to be on the episode before you <laughs> and uh he just said you know 75 to 85 percent of the kids in bristol borough are on free lunch and or reduced lunch um so even though you you know there's these are places that are being gentrified uh by by all means um these kids still need help uh and and that's where Miss Files comes in. <laughs> That's where I come in, um, and 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 all of our friends. Um, and I'm. It's been a pleasure to uh, actually meet you on that on that end. Um, we're about thirty four minutes into the podcast. <laughs> you, is there anything else that I'm missing? Uh, about me? Yeah, about you. Yeah, thirty two years of my life. What do you want? Thirty two years. <laughs> well, we already went through it. You know, we went through. Uh, you know, Kate Murway, uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, um, in, in your law firm, the community. Um, we touched That's it all. It. We touched That's it all. We, we touched uh, the nonprofits, and I got no more notes left. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's about yeah. me in a nutshell. Nah, but um, if people want to find you, uh, where can we find you? So, I mean, you could literally Google my name and all of my stuff is going to pop up, but um, my email, if you have a legal question, is um, kfiles, K-F-I-L-E-S, F-I-L-E-S, um, um, Instagram, you know I'm on there. You can see Files Law. Right, right. Everywhere, yeah. That's how you got to be. 
I know. So you can, I mean, you will find me out in the public, but uh, phone number is 215-987-6452. Oh, you put your phone number out there. The business phone number. Oh, okay. <laughs> still, still. <laughs> it's so, you can find it on Google. <laughs> I'm like, my phone number is... <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not give out my cell phone, you can have um, my phone number. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... You're a good person. I'm glad that you came on the show. So <laughs> I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, you're an honorary young black suburban. Let's get one more toast. <laughs> Cheers. And that's Kate Files of Files Law Firm. Yep. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. I'll talk to you later.